You're listening to episode 32 of the Broken Glass Podcast, how being true to yourself can help you grow in the music industry with Julianne Q. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep releasing some of these episodes um, because it's a very it's a very strange world we're in right now Um, a lot of musicians uh, not even just musicians but anybody who really supports tours and festivals and and the industry um, a lot of people have lost jobs they've lost gigs Um, things are kind of weird and shaky right now but after talking to a couple of the guests I interviewed this weekend um, and, and really, you know, sharing, sharing my thoughts with a lot of friends and, and people in my life, um, you know, I realized that I, myself, I am looking to, to podcasts and to online learning and other, other tools um, to, to keep my mind off things, to, to keep myself learning, to further my education and my knowledge of the industry, of business, even heck, even I'm learning French right now. So, you know, I, I think I really want to keep going forward with these podcasts. And I really want to know what you are looking for, what what you want from me, what I can help you with. Um, I'm putting together some resources um, and they will be available on my website, brokenglassmediallc.com slash freebies. Um, I'll put all of them there. Um, I also have a bunch of blog posts, but it'll a lot of the resources in the blog posts and even some of the podcast episodes coming up are going to be very focused around um, what you can do to, you know, keep keep an income to build an online business. A lot of people right now, you know, we're shifting from this this world of going out and and being very social and, and, and meeting people in person and networking and connecting. And now we're all in in self isolation. Um, we're in quarantine. Um, Los Angeles here and I know Philadelphia, New York are all um, we're all basically not necessarily locked down, but we've been asked to stay home um, except for essentials, um, going to the grocery store and whatnot. And I know that's tough on a lot of people. Um, I have teacher friends who are trying to shift uh, to online learning and how can I, you know, earn an income, you know, in addition to what I'm doing? Um, how can I take take these skills and put them online? Um, so I do want to to keep sharing all of that with you to keep helping you all through it. I'm going to put together a list of podcasts that I absolutely love myself, um, that are really educational, that help me grow my business. So they're not necessarily music industry podcasts, but they are, you know, learning how to be an entrepreneur, learning the different tips and, and techniques and tools for for building your online business. Um, I'm also going to put together a list of of courses that I've taken online that I love that helped me um, brush up on skills and learn how to do different things to build the online business. And the other thing I want to do is put together a list of um, my business mentors, people to follow. Um, You know, I have, I also have a list on different ways to earn income online. Um, I'll also put together a list of business books to read and books to read in general, because, you know, we all have this free time now, and it's now's the time to read those books we wanted to read. Now's the time to build these podcasts, to learn the different things that we've always been wanting to do, but we've always been putting off because, you know, we just don't have the time. We don't, you know, we don't have an excuse right now. We're, we're home. We're, we're learning. Um, we have a new routine. We have a new reality for right now. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, and I, I believe it too, that the industry's forever changed, but is it changed for the, the worse or the good? And I think that we can really take this opportunity to, to build the industry up and, and to at least 
as far as independence go to really learn how to take control of our own careers, our own our own lives and 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 build up and really learn how to do this ourselves. Um, so you can visit the website, brokenglassmediallc.com slash freebies, um, also slash the Broken Glass blog, which is where all the blog posts will be. And stay tuned here. I have a couple great episodes that I'm going to release earlier than planned um, because we had great conversations about the things that uh, we can do as musicians, as business owners um, in this time. So Stay tuned, more to come on all of that, but I hope you are all staying safe, that you are staying home, that you're with, you know, if you're not with someone, um, you know, family or roommate, friend, that you have that social connection, that you're doing Zoom calls, and if you don't, send me a message. I will, I'm so happy to talk to anybody um, who needs it, anybody who needs advice. Um, I actually do have a uh, free consultation that I'm offering to anyone who wants to um, to build their business. They you know want to take their business online and they're not quite sure how to do that. Um, you can sign up for the free consultation. It's at calendly.com/slash broken glass media slash 30 minute consultation and I'll link to that in the show notes but you know feel free to sign up for the consultation um you know let's talk let's chat let's let's figure out how to to build your business up to put it online to to really um you know become a musicpreneur and I'm so happy to talk to anybody so stay safe wash your hands and we'll talk soon Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. Today, I have Julianne Q with me from Julianne Q in the house. So hi, Julianne. How are you? Hey, Christy. Thank you for having me. I'm oh, good. How are you? You're welcome. Great. Um, so let's just dive right in. Tell me a little about yourself and what you're doing now, and then we'll go back uh, how you got into the industry and got into music and what inspired you. And so yeah, what, what's, what are you doing right now in the industry? For sure. So I actually just moved to LA. Um, I guess not just, but I moved to LA about eight months ago. So I'm still, I guess, sort of getting used to the scene and how that works and where I should be, where I should go, that kind of thing. So always still learning. Uh, I'm a blues, I'm a blues rock artist. So that's why I came out here with to pursue my career even further. Uh, but I also came out here to do more songwriting, do more collaborations, uh, and do more co-writing. So I really kind of dove into that, especially um, before I came to LA, I was pretty much writing on my own or I would write with my bandmates, um, but not really outside of that. Or if I did, it was like for fun. This time when I came out here, I was like, let's try this because I haven't done this before. I haven't exercised that muscle. It's a great way to meet people. And, you know, why not? And so I did. And I've actually... Not only have I written in different genres, I've met some great people, I've met some great co-writers, but then I've actually gained um, one, if not two songs of my own that I know for sure that I want to use actually for my own projects. So that's really cool in and of itself. So yes, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. So that's a pretty, I guess not drastic, but a big change for you, Chicago to Los Angeles. Um, I came to Los Angeles from New Jersey, so... Yeah, um, it's definitely a very different vibe, um, and oh I love God, so I love visiting Chicago um, just because it's different. <laughs> mm, I you know I love Chicago. I um, I made my sort of first steps in my career there. I cut my teeth there. It was definitely a great place for me to grow up professionally. Um, I'm from the suburban area originally, but I went to high school there, and then I lived there for a couple of years after college. So it was just a great place to kind of grow as a young adult, but then also as a musician. Uh, I think for me personally, if I had moved to LA just outside of college, like just after, I would have gotten eaten alive. Like, no way. I did not have a backbone. I didn't have a clue of what I was doing. And not that I'm an expert now, but I definitely have much more of a sense of who I am, et cetera, and like what I feel I need to do. And also the crap that I won't take, that kind of a right. thing too. Yeah. So. And it's, it's interesting because when we talk about the music industry, we talk about New York, Nashville, mm-hmm. and Los Angeles, but Chicago has a big music scene. It's, I, I mean, it's, you think about the history of it too, and the history mm-hmm. is more in that jazz and, and blues realm too, which mm-hmm. is perfect for your, your career. Yeah. Well, blues, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean- Blues is still very much alive and well in Chicago. It's actually, I would say, having a bit of a resurgence period. Um, 
But the great thing about Chicago is that it is such an eclectic music scene. I mean, I saw everything. You know, I saw house, I saw rap, I saw indie, I saw pop, I saw rock, I saw metal, grunt, like everything you could think of under the sun, it was there and there was a venue for it. And the cool thing about um, kind of growing up musically in Chicago, if you will, is that there's so many venues that you can kind of start from and then graduate to. So you really saw like a direct trajectory for your career kind of ahead of you in your own hometown. And that was something that was really cool to kind of aspire to, but also to be around. And it was just a very, a very cool community to be a part of, I would say. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of unique because, you know, I think a lot of the other cities have, you know, Nashville is pegged as country. Right. And, you know, Mm -hmm. New York is kind of more that you really tend to think of more the rap you know, I mean, rock and rap and mm-hmm. Los mm-hmm. Angeles, you get that more like kind of indie, you know, rocker surfer vibe. So that's, right. that's interesting to think of Chicago in that way. Um, but that kind of leads me into my next question. So how did you really get into music? You know, you kind of grew up through that Chicago scene. What really got you into it? What, you know, how did you grow to where you are today? Okay. So I, um, I actually graduated from Boston college with a degree in theater that was my career path. That was my trajectory. I, you know, I studied it all four years. Like I was pretty much set up to do that. And then senior year, kind of halfway through, you know, you're going through those quarter life crises. You're going through those, what am I really supposed to do in my life moments as a senior in college? And I had one of those in, uh, on Christmas break. I remember I'm sitting on my couch in my, my parents' house and I knew that I would, I kind of had this voice inside me that was basically saying that you would regret not pursuing music more than you would regret uh, not pursuing acting. So that was kind of the light bulb moment. And I was like, okay, time to switch course. Woo. Um, Definitely gave my parents a bit of a shock. My friends a bit of a shock because they were like, wait, what? I thought you were going to be an actor go to New York and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I thought that too. (laughs) Um, So then pretty much as soon as I graduated, I just dug in and just dove headfirst into the entire music business industry community in Chicago, whatever. And I just, I just went like, as soon as I, uh, I think it was like a couple months after I graduated from college, I released a couple singles. I did my first music video shoot. Uh, I started gigging shortly thereafter that. And I had never done that before. Like I did not know anything about being in a band, playing in a band. Um, my whole life was theater and it definitely had its perks, right? Like, cause I, already knew how to kind of command a stage. I knew how to perform and sing. I had no stage fright. So from there, I started gigging. I was originally a solo artist just as Julianne Q. And then I eventually formed Julianne Q in the band. And that was uh, about a year long project. I released uh, my solo album under that. And I was, was gigging with my band. And then I wanted to really kind of transition into what I found to be my niche, my sound. Because uh, my first album and my first single, well, actually my first four singles were me trying to figure out my genre. Like I've got a, I've got a EDM song out. I got a country song out. I got a rock blues song. Like, I don't know what I was doing, but it was great. It was a great experiment experimentation time for me. Um, and then I released my solo album, which was pop rock, indie rock kind of a thing. Uh, very piano heavy. And then I was like, what is my calling? What is my niche? Like, where do I really feel is my heart is drawn to? And I started really kind of think, thinking about that, like what voices inspired me, what musicians inspired me. And I was drawn to Janis Joplin. I was drawn to Aretha Franklin. I was drawn to Freddie Mercury of Queen. And anytime I sang their songs and Led Zeppelin too and The Who, anytime I sang their songs, I was on fire. Like my soul, everything is on fire. And I had this energy that I hadn't really had at least as much. And I was like, this is it. And so that's when I decided to change the project to really kind of reflect that more like evocative sound, that more kind of like community, like just like growl, so to speak. And that's when we came up with, um, when I came up with Julianne Q and The Howl. So The Howl is sort of, it's an homage to uh, Howling Wolf, who was a blues artist back in Chicago. And the, I think in the 30s and 40s, he influenced the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones were a big influence of mine. Uh, and then it's also to represent that kind of community, communal release of that energy and anger and frustration and passion and love and whatever into the air 
in a howl and just scream it out, let it out, dance it out, shake it out, whatever. That's what I want to do with my music and my performances. And that's what I do do with my performances. And so that's kind of how I feel like once I figured out that identity and what I wanted to do with my music, then it just was that much more fun and that much more clear. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool how you took, you know, you tried different things to get to that point. You didn't let yourself, you know, you didn't box yourself into, I'm going to be pop. I'm going to be country. You know, you Mm -hmm. experimented and really tried to find your sound. Um, And I think that's, you know, a lot of times, and I had this conversation with someone else the other day, we really try in, you know, especially in the U S just to really box ourselves, right? Like, we ha- everything has to be in a box. It has to be labeled. It has to be a specific genre. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really don't, as you know, as a creative, you don't want to do that. You want to just flow, really, right? Like, right. you want to be, um, you don't want that, that label on you. I, I think that there has to be a balance because I, listen, I hear you. As a creative person, as an artist, as a musician, I a thousand percent hear you. And I fell into that trap for sure um, because when you're in the marketing world, you need to be able to put things in a box, right? Right. Because people want to know what they're opening up, what they're getting into. Uh, So how do you kind of balance that? So on the one hand, I do think that it's important to kind of, in a nutshell, figure out what it is you're going to say to people when people ask you what you do. But I do also think that at the same time, keep yourself open to growth, open to new sounds, open to whatever, you know? So I think, I think you kind of have to strike a balance, you know, and that's kind of where thinking like an entrepreneur, thinking like a business person kind of comes into play. Right. Yeah. And how can you, you know, label, I get, well, there's the term label again. Right. Right. How can, right. How can you, um, I mean, not label like you and your, your band, but like, what is this song or this album really evoking? And then how can I, you know, present that to the audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think also too, it's sort of like, that's why I think that using references is really great because it kind of just puts people into a certain mindset, a certain, you know, memory association, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, so for example, I said to you, Hey, I love Janis Joplin, Freddie Mercury, Aretha Franklin. And those three people right there can give you a pretty good picture of what I do. Now, if I said you, Hey, I do music like Chance the Rapper, or I do music like Metallica, those are entirely different images and right. different feelings and different experiences. So I think it's ultimately about trying to communicate the experience that your music or that your performance is going to give to people without, like you said, being like, I am strictly a blues rock, or I am strictly a this, this, or that. You know, right. it's, it's, it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And, um, you kind of brought up a little bit, you know, about being an entrepreneur and, and, mm-hmm. and really understanding business. And one of the, the topics of the podcast and the blog this year, um, is about that transition from, you know, a hobbyist and, you know, I get up on stage and I just play, and then I go a couple of weeks without playing again, um, to musicpreneur, like really being an entrepreneur and, and treating your career as a business. Um, and a lot of musicians who want music to be their full-time job really need to start kind of thinking in that business and entrepreneur mindset. So why do you think, you know, being an entrepreneur is an important thing if you're a musician? I think it's so important. I think, I think it's because you have to be your own advocate, you know, and that's both in education, it's in opportunities, it's in, you know, networking, it's all of those, you know, because at the end of the day, and this even in a more um, kind of general cosmic sense of it, like no one is going to fight for you harder or better than yourself. Sometimes not even at all, right? And so you, in order to get that gig, in order to get that label, in order to get that sync, like you need to put yourself out there and do it. You know, you need to put yourself out there and, you know, find those seminars, read those articles, take those classes, go to those events that make you a little bit uncomfortable or whatever, and put yourself out there to, to make yourself succeed. And I think that a lot of musicians, they tend to get kind of caught up in like, oh, well, it's only about the music. Oh, well, it's only about that. And like, that may be so, but no one's going to know that you're playing piano if you just stay in your room all day and play piano. No one's going to know that. Go out there and show people that you play piano, right? Release a song of you playing piano, right? Putting yourself out there is that. And then on top of that also, again, goes back to education. So now granted, I love to learn. 
I'm, I think I'm one of those rare musicians where I actually am fascinated by the music business. I think it's really cool. I love learning about all of that. Um, you know, you're, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And one of the first things that I did when I decided to be a musician was like, okay, how am I going to do this? How the heck am I going to do this? And there's so many facets to the industry, everything from legal to marketing, to social media, to whatever. And there's just so much to take in. And oftentimes you could be wasting your time or trying things that are, have already been proven wrong. If you don't go ahead and take the time to research and to learn it. Right. Right. So I think putting yourself in a position to educate yourself is so, so, so key, especially when it comes to the legal stuff. Cause like there's so many ways that we can get screwed over. Right. There are so many not so great people out there. There's great people. Then there's not so great people. And you got to be able to protect yourself. That's kind of another big thing about being an entrepreneur is that you have to be able to protect yourself. And you can't do that if you're not aware. You can't do that if you don't educate yourself on what's going on. So like, for example, like the new um, AB5 law that's coming out with California, or rather that did come out, you know, educating yourself. Like, okay, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect my business? Like, are there changes being made? Can I get involved? Like what, you know, like just being aware, you know, and also too, with that is, you know, kind of going back to the networking thing, right? Like going out there and playing or going out there to events and songwriting things, like that's ultimately how you consistently get gigs, right? So in my case, so I'm a, I'm a performer, then songwriter, if you will. Like, so for me, how do, how do I get asked to do gigs or how do I meet people who I want to do gigs with? is by going out there and doing it because oftentimes people just hire the same guitarist over and over again. Cause they know that they're going to show up like that kind of a thing. So, right. Yeah. Um, kind of going back into the, the, the business side of it. Um, you know, like you said, there's a lot, there's really understanding mm. the legal and, and business and, you know, accounting and social so media marketing and all of that kind of stuff. So how do you kind of manage all of that? You know, do you do that all yourself or do you kind of have other people helping you? Um, and if you do it yourself, then how, how do you kind of manage all that? You, you know, mm-hmm. time-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I really learned a lot about that with, uh, timelines and management because I, um, so, okay. A little, little bit of context here. So I was doing, uh, my project, uh, Julian Q in the band, Julian Q and the Howl just nonstop for about three years, just nonstop, like grinding, grinding, grinding. I was doing everything. I was managing, booking, social media, marketing, promo, blah, 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 blah. I was doing all of it. And then my band essentially crashed and burned, like the people that I was with. Um, I decided it was time for a change and I moved to LA and it was just like, okay, what went wrong? And for me, it was, um, I just burnt out honestly, like I, I lost my love for music. I lost my love for performing. I lost my sense of purpose identity. And so for me, then it's been a journey of kind of, um, gradually again, finding a balance. So I, I think it's Socrates. It might be Socrates that there's this thing called the Ben stick remedy where, um, so for example, if you were an alcoholic, the opposite side of that would be to stop drinking completely. So that hopefully at some point in your life, you could then be right in the middle and be able to enjoy a drink responsibly. So for me, it's been a journey of, okay, I went hardcore pedal to the metal for three years and I burnt out and I hated everything. Um, my, you know, my, my mental health suffered. Everything was just terrible. So how do I get back to that? Um, well, the first thing is, is evaluating yourself and self-care. That's like the biggest thing. So for me, I took a break. Like I went off the grid. I went off social media completely. And I was like, okay, how do I find my love back for that? So once I did that, then kind of circling back to your question here. Um, so once I did that, then I was like, okay, how do I make this work for me without burning out? So for me, it's on the one hand, it's reaching out for help in areas that I know I'm not good at or that I don't like to do. And then it's also really kind of focusing on, all right, like, here's a schedule, here's content, here's things that I know that I need to do, right? So for example, with social media, like, I'm not a big fan of social media. I don't love posting on it. I don't think I'm that great at it, but like, I know it's something that I need to do. And so I make myself sit down. All right, on Monday night, this is what I'm doing. 
these are the hashtags, go. And then I don't think about it. Like, I don't go back and check the likes. At least I try not to. I don't go back and check the likes or whatever. Uh, booking. Booking, you know, that's something that I do still by myself. And uh, networking, that's also something that I still do by myself. A lot of it, you know, you do have to do the majority of the stuff by yourself. I know that you know that as an entrepreneur. You In the beginning, it's a lot of you kind of, oh, I'm sorry, that's my dog. It's okay. <laughs> um, that is, a lot of it is you doing stuff on your own. Now, the other part of it though is sort of finding your team. So what are the things that you're not good at, right? So for me, I'm not the greatest with legalese. I'm not the greatest with financial stuff. So I, I wasn't the greatest with like building a website. So when I didn't have a website, I had a friend of mine who was an emerging web developer and she built my website and it was like a good bargain for the both of us, right? It was experience for her. It was something that I needed. Um, I, when I, like my, my fiance actually is really phenomenal at the financial stuff. He used to be a financial analyst. So I talked to him when it comes to money and managing that stuff. Um, when it comes to the legal things, there's various uh, pro bono outlets that I reach out to. Um, one of them being, I think it's California Lawyers for the Arts. I think various cities around the country have that. So I guess time management's a big thing, um, but then also reaching out to, for help whenever you can get it. Um, and because oftentimes there are people who are kind of up and coming and they, they need the experience and looking for the connections and they're hustling and they'll, you know, kind of help you do things sort of, I don't want to say on the cheap, but it's more affordable because like they're emerging as much as you are. Right. And they want it to, you know, for their portfolio or. Exactly. For exactly. Like I've worked with up and coming photographers and videographers. and like, on the one hand, you know, maybe I didn't always get like 10 for 10 on the photo, but there were some photos that I did really get 10 for 10. And I knew that, that I loved working with that person because of the hustle and the passion and that the more I worked with them, the better the products got. So like, it was a win-win for both of us. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I do like what you said about, you know, I mean, burnout definitely sucks. I've been there. Yeah. I kind of went through the same thing last summer, um, ended up taking just two weeks off of like everything, went to Europe with my friend. <laughs> we, I mean, the only time we were online was to, okay, Google Maps, where are we? Right. And plan, our, plan our next night out, you know, our next mm -hmm. day out. Mm -hmm. And it definitely helps to kind of take a step back like, you know, like you did as well. Cause then you can really focus mm -hmm. on okay, what's important. And as soon as I got back, it's like, okay, this is where I want to focus, you know, the business, the podcast, these are the services I want to offer. And it really right. opens up kind of a whole world because up until then it just, it's like, you're just kind of going yeah. and going and going and you're, yeah. you're like the energizer bunny, but then you just, you run out of batteries. <laughs> so, yeah. You, you run yeah. out of batteries and then it's like, you kind of run out of purpose too, almost, you know, like you're like, why am I doing this again? Why am I doing it? And then it like that, why like kind of gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And then you just get lost in all the crap that you have to do. And you're like, Oh man, like yeah. I'm screwed. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like, so, so yeah, like I just, I feel like, you know, that's, that's kind of the other thing with this culture with indie musicians is that the DIY is that, you know, I feel like, and this isn't for, this isn't always the case, but I feel like a lot of the DIY musician culture is like, do everything now, do everything yesterday, do social media, blah, 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 blah. do all of it now. You can't. Okay. You can't. Yeah. Cause you're going to burn out and then you're going to hate it. And then it's like, what do you, why, why bother doing all of this? No, you need, I don't believe in that at all. I really don't. I think you need to, you know, find what you're good at, find what you like doing, and then get better at doing those things. Find the things that you don't like doing or that you're not good at and pay someone to do that or like trade services. That's another thing that people don't always talk about is trade services. Right. Right. Um, and then, you know, also like being kind to yourself and to your own mental well-being. I think is so important, especially, you know, in the creative, um, in the creative sphere. And I think part of that is because I feel like as creatives, we have a bigger emotional spectrum than maybe people who are not as creatively inclined. So we feel things deeper and then also kind of more drastically, like we have a kind of a bigger scale of emotions. And that on the one hand is amazing because then we can really tap into and access um, those, those emotions to create and essentially communicate through art what people normally can't say themselves. But it also leads to a, ten, uh, a certain tendency of anxiety and depression and other mental, mental illnesses. And you get caught up in the comparative culture too, especially thank you, social media, right? So I think... Um, therefore, 
it is especially important for musicians to take care of their mental well-being and to be kind to themselves when they feel that they are burning out and that they need a break. Like, listen to yourself. If you feel like, you know what, I got a veg tonight, veg, do it. Now, again, balance, if you veg for three days in a row, stuff's not going to get done. That's just the way it is. But sometimes you need to like recharge that battery in order to then be full, full core press the next day, you know? So I really think it's about listening to yourself, taking care of yourself so that, that you can be the most productive version of yourself more um, in the more long-term, right? More sustainably. Yeah. And you mentioned too, um, kind of time management as well, um, mm. you know, and, and, and that's what I know for, for my business I do. I really, um, I look at what needs to be done for the week. I plan ahead. Mm. Um, I make sure, you know, I schedule my social media you know, I take Sundays are my social media days. There I, you go. I don't need to think about it for the rest of the week. It's just automatically posting. It's done. Maybe I go in and reply to comments. Um, but that's about it. Right. So right. It's kind of also scheduling yourself and, you know, making sure things are done ahead of time. And that way you're not just living in the moment and panicking. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of the burnout, especially for me came from was just, it was trying to just keep up with everything but if you can map it out ahead of time, right. Then that's less to think about in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the thing too, you know, kind of taking like, okay, I'm going to take this chunk of time to work on this part of my, of my business or of my art. I'm going to take this chunk of time to work on this and then I'm going to chill or then I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to go do that or whatever. I think, I think it's honestly important to do one thing for your business almost every, every single day, except for the days that you got to just clear your mind. Right. But it's important to do one thing. And that one thing can be super tiny. It could be watching a music documentary, right? Cause that's educational. Okay. Right. Or it could be going to a recording session, then going to a writing session, then going to a networking event, kind of all one day. Like it's, it's sort of a, an ebb and flow each day, but as long as it's something like right. that one thing reaching, even, even sending one booking email, like one thing, just do one thing a day. Like that's manageable. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned networking and, you know, that's something that is really important in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, but I know a lot of people do struggle with it. I did for the longest time. I said, why do I have to go do that? That's, you know, why can't people just hire me if I you right. know, fill up the right. application online and I went right. to school for this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's something, you know, I think it's a whole mindset shift too, that you kind of have to overcome. You have to put yourself in those situations. Um, but is there, do you have somebody give you like a piece of advice for networking or what's your best piece of advice for people to get out there and just connect with people? I am so glad you asked me this question. Cause it's like my favorite piece of advice <laughs> to talk about. It really is. Cause yeah, you're right. Networking sucks because it's often very superficial. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's like, ugh. but there's a way around it. So there's two tips, tips that I have taken with me that have honestly, really kind of changed my entire perspective on not only networking, but just like meeting people in general. So the first thing is think of what you can offer others, right? So typically when you go to networking events, one of the reasons why people hate it is it's just like me, 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 me. What can you do for me? What about me, 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 me? What can you do? Da, da, da. Let me take something from you. You know, that's toxic. Okay. What can I give to someone else to help them succeed? Right. How can we as a community succeed? What can I do to contribute to that, right? It's a more positive mindset. It's a more kind of giving to the world, being a, I went to a Jesuit high school, so being men, a men and women for others, right? Like there's this just different kind of way of thinking about it. It also then lets other people's guards down around you. So instead of them them thinking, all right, this guy's going to try to ask something from me, da, 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 like, you know, whatever. Offering something to them that you realize that they need, and that's by talking to them, that's by figuring out, like, just who they are, that immediately is like, oh, wow, okay, this person's, this person's cool, wow, okay, what can you do for me? Wow, uh, uh, okay, yeah, and that kind of immediately just, like, changes the tone of the conversation, right? And it makes it more of like a, instead of a transactional thing, it's more of a, a relationship, a dialogue. Okay. Right. So that's something that I found to be really, really helpful, right? What can you do for other people? 
And even if it's like, and even if it's like, oh man, I'm, I don't, I don't even know what can I offer? Like, you know, people, you have a network of your own that this person can tap into through you. Right. So even if, so for example, like, I don't know anything about vocal production, right? Like that's not my strong suit. That's not my calling. I do know several producers in LA that I can hook you up with. So that's making me useful to you. And you remember that. And then, you know, down the line, you're talking, whatever. And then people are more open to helping you out in the future or even in that moment. So that's kind of the first biggest takeaway. And uh, the second thing, a friend of mine told me this, and it is like the, like one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've also gotten for networking. Um, And it's just to be a good hang. Honestly, just be someone who's fun and cool to hang out with, you know, like have some good conversations. It doesn't always need to be about the business and, you know, it doesn't always need to be about, you know, what you need and whatever for your song, whatever, just like, oh, hey, I see that, you know, you're wearing uh, hiking boots. You like to hike? Cool. Oh, I have a dog. I have a dog. So that's always a great icebreaker, right? Yeah. right? Just in my personal <laughs> circumstances, I have a lovely, cute little, little dog. I'm a dog mama. So that's always a great way to relate to people. You know, people are like, oh, can I see your picture of your dog? Or, oh, I have a dog or I have a cat, blah, blah, blah. So like, just like other things like that, just be relational, but also sort of on a different, slightly different uh, perspective. So um, there's so many different people in LA in all walks of life, in all experience level. And oftentimes you're not going to know, right? Like I've, I've been in the room. I've been fortunate enough to be in the same room as people who like played with Sting and Berlin and Rod Stewart and all these crazy, crazy stars. And you would never know it. You know why? Because they're just chill, normal people. They're not going around bragging about it. They're not, you know, and they're not going gaga over other people. They're just like regular people, you and me. You know, so if I went up to them and was like, oh my God, can you do something for my career? Oh my God, da, 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 da. what can you do for me? That just cuts it off right away. They don't need that. They don't need that in their life. They're too busy. You know what I mean? Like be a good hang, be someone who treats them like a person, not like a transaction. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips. Um, and I've definitely, I've heard the one um, before, you know, what can you do for them? Yeah. Um, and I think that's super useful because I know, um, you know, I've even had people come to me, you know, can I help you with the podcast? Can I, you know, is there something I can do for you? And I mean, at the time it was like, well, I, you know, I just started and it was like, not right now, but you know, <laughs> now I know that person, right. You know, I remember, okay. She asked me about eventually helping out. Now I can reach out to her and say, Hey, you know, are you still interested? And then maybe at some point I can do something for her. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, right? a, it's, a, so. it's a community. It's building a community around you. You know, like there's, look, there's plenty of users and abusers in the world. Okay. And you know what? They eventually sink. Honestly, mm-hmm. they really do. Cause they either give up or they get kicked out or they get in trouble. Right. Right. And the people who, you know, stay humble, stay grounded, and they just stay kind of true to themselves, but then also, you know, being able to offer themselves to the world and to the community, like they rise, you know, a high tide rifts, uh, excuse me, a high tide lifts all boats. I truly, truly believe that I live by that. Like we all succeed if we push each other up and build each other up together and, and bounce off of each other. Right. And there's so many, I I know, I don't know if you've really seen this, um, but there's so many opportunities for networking here um, in the city. Um, I'm actually part of a networking group called brunch work. Um, I know them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I've been to several of their events and I even go, even if it's not music related, if it's film or if it's some tech, I go because one, I want to learn from whoever the guest speaker is, you know, maybe there's something I can take from them, you know, from, you know, their, their um, panel session right. that I can use in my business or, you know, in my career and life. Um, and, you know, too, it's just, you get in a room with other people, right? Like I am not a very heavy tech person. So maybe eventually I need somebody who can help me with some, some tech thing. And I right. met somebody at brunch work that is involved in that space and just really kind of connecting with people in that way. Um, and, you know, there's so many other opportunities around the city that I've, I've seen 
but then also too online, um, finding, you know, Facebook groups and, mm-hmm. and connecting in there. I'm a part of so many different groups, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the one that I've really found a good community in and, and really actually source a lot of the podcast guests for is music biz besties. Yep. Um, and it's about kind of creating that community and, and finding people that you resonate with too, I think. And you're, um, you know, a lot of people said, just, you know, find your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are the three words that everybody said to me as soon as I moved out to LA, find your tribe, Mm -hmm. you know, cause the thing that I've been told about the city and I think is true is that it can be a very isolating city. And I think that part of that is because, you know, A, it's all so spread out, but B, almost everyone here is got their head down because they're focused on doing their thing, right? They're focused on, you know, um, achieving their dreams. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, But sometimes we get too like head in the sand kind of thing, you know, exactly. you know, yeah, you know, and like, I I think we've all, we've all done that. So yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, and the other thing too is like, especially when you're out here, like not only finding, finding colleagues, but finding friends, right? Oh yeah. Sometimes they can be one in the same, right? Right. Yep. Sometimes they can be one in the same. Sometimes they're totally different, you know, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I found, um, I found networking through, through Facebook, um, but also through face to face. Um, and that could be anything from like going to jam in my case, since I'm a performer going to jam sessions, um, uh, there is a community in LA for songwriters called the LA Songwriters Collective. I'm a huge advocate for them. Um, you know, songwriters and producers, that's just a good atmosphere. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the other thing too, though, you know, finding your tribe, especially in networking events, it's just a lot of trial and error. Yeah, it really is. You know, I feel like, I feel like for every like 10 people that I meet, like one or two will, will be like legitimate contacts. And by legitimate, I mean like people who I want to stay in contact with. Right. right. You yeah, know, I, I found that too. Yeah. You know, and that's just the nature of the game. And so, you know, and sometimes it's just like, you got to kind of like accept it for what it is. Um, and, but at the same time, it can be very exhausting, right? Networking. It can be very like emotionally exhausting because you have to be on constantly. And with that, again, management, take a break, like, you know, go back to, you know, go home, go back to your hotel room, whatever, like do what you got to do to kind of like stay in that mindset. Yeah. Well, for me mindset. too, I'm, I'm very much an introvert. So it's for me to go to these events, like I've really had to turn it up, like dial it up a lot. Right. And then I need to go home and I need to go sit in my room and hang out with the cat. Right. <laughs> yes. See by myself for a few hours. So you, it's really ha- knowing that, right? Like I can't just jump from event to event to event. Mm-hmm. I have to, I go to one, I go home, I take it all in and then I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Go to again in a couple of weeks. So, right. um, you know, and it's like managing it. And, um, this week I'm actually going down to Nam, which what um, day, a whole week, Wednesday, oh! Tuesday, Sunday. <laughs> We should meet up on Thursday because that's when I'll be there. Okay. Um, okay. I, yeah, I, I'm working my booth for um, my company. Awesome. I'm also um, going to be part of SWIM, which is Smart Women in Music. Um, so I'm doing some responsibilities around there. Um, so for me, it's like, I'm going to want to just, you know, I'll be from eight to six working and doing whatever. I'm going to need to go to the hotel. Right. And I'm yes. going to, need to decompress and just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of take, take in the day and then do my own chill thing. So it's really, I have to, you know, I've got to get myself in that mindset now that that's what I have to do. And I have right. to, you know, you know, it is a great opportunity to network afterwards, but at the same time, it's like, I have to know where my no is and where my line. I completely, line I'm so glad you said all of that. I'm the same way. And I, you know, being the ex, I'm like an introverted extrovert. I don't know if there's like a term for that, but yes, I've heard that a lot or extroverted introvert. So perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would say introverted extrovert. I would say that. I think all my friends would too. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, listen, I've gone to ASCAP conferences and CD baby conferences. These are like three and four day events. And, you know, yes, there's the panels where you're learning and then there's the talking to people. And then after that they have events and, you know, like it's a lot, it's exhausting. And Sometimes you're up for it to go the whole 12, 14 hours. Some days you are not. And, you know, the quality of the experience of the networking is going to suffer if you don't listen to that. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could then go to that event 
and be miserable. And even if you meet 10 people, you're going to be in a crappy mood, right? You know, right. so it's like, you know, figure out what you need to do to be your best self, to put your best foot forward. Right. Right. So yeah, I feel yeah. you on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, the, the Broken Glass podcast is really highlighting women in the industry, um, our successes, our struggles. Um, we've gone through, you know, a little bit of that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of us as women, uh, we often come upon a lot of resistance, um, whether it's as performers or being taken seriously as professionals. So how do you manage being, you know, vulnerable with being strong or not taking advantage of and, and, and how do you overcome those types of situations? I've definitely had experiences with that. You know, being, being an entrepreneur as a woman is difficult. Being a musician, and, because essentially being your own advocate is difficult when you're a woman. It just is, okay? Um, because of the society that we, li- we live in. And especially, you know, I've had many circumstances where I was not taken seriously. And in fact, I was belittled just because of something that I couldn't help. Like I couldn't help my age. I couldn't help my background. I couldn't help you know, my experience level, that was just it. You know, that was like what it was at the time. And, you know, I think, I think over time you develop a backbone. And I think sometimes, you know, especially when you're young in the industry, you kind of have to realize that it does get better. You know, it does get better over time because you get stronger, you get more of a, of a better sense of yourself and who you are, the older that you get. Um, But I think, you know, like I, I've had, I had an experience, you know, I was 23, 24 and, um, I was so desperate for a manager. I was so desperate that I took on just this terrible older man, just this terrible guy. He would say the most horrible things to me and just make me feel terrible. And I was like, well, he's my manager. So how did I know? I guess I need to put up with it. And, and I didn't know, I didn't know that I could say no. Like I didn't oh, right. know that I could, you know, stand up for myself and still like get what I want done. And I think kind of the biggest thing that I would say to women out there is um, know your worth and stick to it. There have been times where, you know, I've, I've passed on gigs because the person whom I was working with, um, like, you know, some of them were just not good people to work with. Some of them were shady about money. And honestly, it's just not worth your time to spend it with those people because there's plenty of other people particularly women who are managing and doing the stuff in the business, like, you know, that you don't, you don't need to work with those person. You don't need them. Sometimes when you're, when you're a younger woman, and I'm saying this cause I'm still a young woman, but I was younger at one point. Um, you feel like you need help, like from everyone, like you can't do everything yourself. Like you're just so overwhelmed and inundated with just like being an adult in the world for the first time and trying to be a musician and trying to be a business person that you're like, Oh my God. So you'll take help from anybody, anything that'll like reach down. And sometimes people will take advantage of that. And so I think it's, it's really about, you know, knowing your worth and sticking to it. Like this is the value that you bring to the world and sticking to it. And even if it means passing up on a couple of opportunities, guess what? Because you said no to that door, a better door is going to open for you. Right. Yeah. I love that, that, uh, you know, and, and it's too, I think sometimes we have these limiting beliefs about ourselves that really, right. you know, cause us to go down those routes and it's really believing in yourself and letting go of those beliefs. And then those opportunities will come right. the better opportunities too. And you, you asked me about vulnerability as well. Um, so vulnerability for me is something that I have struggled with for literally my entire life. Um, as an artist, as someone on social media, like, I just not good at it. You know, I just, yeah, I just, I'm terrible at it. And even in my songwriting, I would, you know, I would, I would rather use like, you know, certain phrases that were a little more like elusive. So it wasn't outright saying like, this is how I feel. And I think that, you know, vulnerability is often like just portrayed as weakness. And especially when you're a woman being emotional, being weak is, sometimes associated with that. And it is your greatest strength because it lets other women know that it's okay to be vulnerable and that it's okay to feel things and to struggle and to succeed, you know, like that, you know, that really does leaps and bounds and also just leaps and bounds for yourself. So I would say that vulnerability, it takes time and it takes baby steps and it's okay to take baby steps towards that. Um, 
but it is ultimately so beneficial to you because the more vulnerable you are, the more honest and open you are with other people and the deeper connections that you can make. And those connections are really, you know, what, what kind of keep us going. Right. Right. It drives you and yeah. And like, and with that too, like find your, yes, find your tribe, but find like people in your life who you can be vulnerable to so that it gets easier and easier. Right. So like, you know, like if it's, uh, you know, your parent, your friend, your partner, whatever, like finding that person who you can be vulnerable with so that when you shed, when you open that cage for the first time and you let that pink stuff slip out, like it's okay. Because there was, you know, there was a trusted person. And then the more you open up that cage, the more it just stays open and the easier it gets then to take the beating that sometimes the world will give you. Right. The easier to, cause you, cause you can say to yourself, you know what? Yes, it sucks that like, I'm getting, you know, some bad feedback from this person, but ultimately there are people around me who I know that my vulnerability, my strength, my story matters, right? And it matters to me, you know? So it's, it's practice being vulnerable and being a strong woman. Like those are one and the same. Okay. It's practice. Like one of the things that, that makes women so unique is, is our emotional um, accessibility, right? Our compassion, our empathy. Those are really, really amazing things to tap into as an artist. And it also then leaves us, you know, out in the open. And, you know, you, you, you get better at it. You just get better at dealing with it because you realize you survived. You realize that you wake up the next day, the sun's still shining. You wake up the next day and, you know, maybe that person that you were vulnerable with, like, is still there for you. Or you're still there for yourself. Your journal's still there. Your music is still there. Whatever you poured yourself into is still there you know? So I, I just think it's a, it's a practice. Yeah. And I don't know if you've read, uh, ever read Brene Brown, um, but she kind of, she kind of taps into that in some of her books. Um, she does, um, it's kind of about, she goes through shame, um, vulnerability, and it's, she's got a lot of good reads. Um, I'm trying to think of what, I have two of her books, um, and, and one I'm still working on, but it's, it's, they're good reads. And, and what you just said really, really reminds me of her and her books. And I'll see if I can get the names. Um, Send me the titles. Them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, I'll, and uh, once I get them, I'll link to them in the show notes too. So uh, yeah. listeners can check them out. But yeah, it's really about being vulnerable, um, being open. And, um, and it, it, there's a whole section about shame and, and all that too. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you you mentioned that you, you know, moved to LA recently. Um, you've been connecting with a lot of songwriters. Um, what are you looking forward to, uh, this year in the future? Yeah. Um, so kind of great topic to transition from because my, the song that I'm releasing is about vulnerability. Um, yeah, so I'm, (laughs) I'm releasing my first single since, um, I moved to LA and since I broke up my band, um, I'm releasing my first single. It's called enough. It's going to be out sometime in the spring. I'm actually uh, recording it in early February. So I'm super excited for that. I'm so thrilled to get back into the studio with my own work. I'm really thrilled with that. Um, Enough is, I wrote it from a really dark place when I truly didn't feel like I was enough for anything, for the world, for my career, for my peers, for myself. I just didn't, like no matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried to be perfect and to be good at what I do, I wasn't enough. And I think that that is a feeling that so many people, musicians and non-musicians struggle with. And it is the, like, so to give you an idea, um, I performed this, the song live the first time in October and I'm pretty comfortable on stage. My legs were shaking. My hands were trembling. I was sweating. Like it was so hard for me to perform that song because like I was just opening up that cage and laying it all out there for a bunch of strangers. And it was such a growing experience. So I'm really looking forward to that song being out there because you know what it is? It's something that I need to say. And the thing with, with being as business minded as I am is that sometimes I forget that it is ultimately about the music and it's about the creation process and why you're doing music in the first place, you know, because you can get caught up with, and I have, you can get caught up with release deadlines and social media marketing strategies and, 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 and photos and recordings. Like all of that is super important, 
but it's not more important than the song itself. Right. Right. So I'm trying to, I'm trying a new approach where I, I'm not going to be perhaps as intense as I have been in the past with my marketing strategies. I'm going to kind of follow my heart on it. You know, I'm still going to submit to blogs. I'm still going to promote it on social media, but like, I'm going to try different ways of marketing. And by that, I mean, you know, more authentic ways, more like this is who I am in the song. And this is what you're going to hear in the song. And this is a part of me. And I have never done anything like that before. (laughs) So not only is it a risk in terms of like the marketing strategy and everything that goes into that, but it's also a personal risk. So I'm looking forward to the scariness. I'm looking forward to the growth. I'm looking forward to just having new music out there. I'm looking forward to performing live and performing live actually more often now that I feel more settled in LA. Um, Just performing myself, my own music more often. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's exciting. And, and, you know, you kind of mentioned it's about the art and the creativity and the creation of the music. And, you know, I think too, it's really important in business and as entrepreneurs that we go back to our why, really, why are we doing this? You know, why is this important? Why does this matter? So, you know, and that, it sounds like you really kind of figured that out for yourself and, and how to be authentic and to be you and bring it back to why you're doing this. I mean, especially in this business, like you have to, because it is so easy to get lost in all of the, the BS, honestly. You know, anything from like the political BS to just the day-to-day things you have to do, you know, it's so easy to get lost in the, why am I doing this? I'm not seeing the success. I'm not seeing the results. Like why? Like you just keep asking to God, asking the world, why, why, why? You need to figure out your own why, you know, it's, it's because that is like you said, ultimately what drives you, right? That's ultimately what kind of keeps you going. And sometimes it's good to take a second and revisit that why. And sometimes when you do that, the why changes, which can change your trajectory, can change your approach. You know, it's good to revisit that. And I learned that the hard way. I have to tell you, I learned that the hard way because when I just dove headfirst into all of the strategies and the business strategies, which are good things to learn about, I forgot about why I was even doing this. And you don't want to do that to yourself. You don't want to go through that, man. Like, hold, hold on to that, hone that work on that. Like always be present with that, you know, like, because as soon as you lose that and I did, it's going to take you to a dark place and you're going to be like, throw your hands up and all. Oh my goodness. And then it's a spiral. (laughs) Yeah. Is no bueno. No good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just keep that in your, your mind every day, you know, um, even like doing vision boards too. Even that. This is what I want to, where I want to see myself this year you know, this month, you know, however you have to manage that. Yeah. That goal planning, that goal setting is so important. And also surrounding yourself with like-minded goal setters, right? Mm -hmm. Like people who are striving for things, people who are actively pursuing their own pursuits, like it's inspiring, right? You know, because even when you're feeling kind of low, you're feeling kind of frustrated, you see your friend like killing it, doing the Mm -hmm. thing. And that's good because it means if he can do it and so can you and vice versa, like you can kind of like lift each other up on your high and low days. Right. So there's that. And then also, again, just being patient and kind with yourself. I can't stress that enough. And I say that because I, you know, I'm very, very hard on myself. And on the one hand, that's led me to have a very, very strong work ethic. It's also led me to burnout. So be kind to yourself, right? Be gentle with yourself. Listen to yourself. Like I can't stress that enough. Like if you are not healthy, and by healthy, I mean mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever. If you are not taking care of yourself, you I mean you're not healthy, then you're not doing anybody a service. Right. So, exactly. Um, so, do you have any resources you'd recommend for other women starting in the industry um, to manage, you know, manage your self care and anything like that? Oh, to manage self-care. Well, um, I mean, yeah, industry, <laughs> self-care, really, you know, managing yourself as a, you know, an artist and as a- You know, managing self-care. So I would say with that, because um, kind of going back to the whole, like, do one thing for your career every day. Mm-hmm. I think that there's different, there's more passive ways to do that, right? That can kind of like be a chill thing that you do. So, you know, going back for me, like it's music documentaries. I love to learn. I get to learn more about my industry and my, the people who inspired me. And then I get to sit on my couch right. and that's great. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Me and me and my dog, we're chilling. Sometimes I put a glass of wine in there and I get to learn and I get to chill. Right. So I think there's like, I think kind of finding more like, for lack of a better word, passive ways of advancing your career. Sometimes it's journaling, right? Sometimes it's just getting that out there and it doesn't have to be a song. Okay. You don't have to turn it into a song. You want to great. Do the thing. It could just be you like word vomiting. Okay. Journal it out, word vomit, call your friend or whoever word vomit to them, you know, talk to your dog. Yes. That's a thing. I talk <laughs> um, to my cat. So right, right, right. <laughs> I, my dog should get like a sponsorship. I've mentioned her so many times. Her name is Coda in case you were wondering. She's great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that there's just more, you know, kind of get a little creative with things that still bring you joy and maybe don't require as much, um, uh, effort for lack of a better way to put it. So, yeah. 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 That's great. Um, I love the idea of setting and learning (laughs) while I'm just chilling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No. And like, even, or even, or in my case, as a musician, just listening to music, right? right. You might think like, oh, I'm just laying on my couch to music. That might be so, but you're educating yourself, right? Because you're, you're tuning your brain into other sounds around you. What's going on in the music industry? You know, what are the sounds that are hot right now, not hot right now? What is inspiring me? And then before you know it, you might be sitting on your couch, you hear something that sparks an idea and you run to your piano and then boom, right? right. Like, but that's still a passive thing that, is advancing your career. Okay. It might not seem, seem like it because it's you sitting, but it's still you engaging yourself. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of actually, my next question was, um, you know, do you have any favorite books or podcasts that inspire you? But it sounds like you really get inspired by, you know, you said music documentaries and, and, and that. So is there anything else like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I listen to podcasts all the time, listen to podcasts all the time. Um, I also, uh, we'll sometimes listen to audiobooks. So my favorite audiobook for music business is Ari Herstan's, um How to Succeed in the new, How to Make It in the New Music Business. Excuse I need me. to get that book. I've <laughs> so about it and girl, audiobook it. I'm telling you, you know, um, or read his articles on Ari's take, right? Because it's even it's like a short snippet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other podcasts, um, I really actually love. You know, in terms of short short podcasts. Um, I love the six minute musician podcast. It's by Wayne Sutton with uh, rocket to the stars. It's yes, just minutes into that. Yeah. Yep. He's great. Um, from the more writer's perspective and the writer is, that's a great way to kind of learn about people, um, various songwriters and their songwriting process and their experience. Um, I love Bob Baker's podcast, the music marketing manifesto. Um, and then the DIY musician podcast, cause that's just straight up learning from DIY musicians. Like, I think we share a podcast account. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's girl. Good. Everything that's, you know, on my podcast list. Check, so. check, check. No, I love it. Good, 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 good. Cause then the more that you add, the more that I'm going to learn. And that's just yep. great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, podcasts and audiobooks. Um, I am not a reader, so I love audio, audio, anything. Um, but in terms of like shorter things, I actually, you know, I really love to read just short articles um, on like uh, Banzoogle, the DIY musician, uh, again, Ari's takes, Sonic Bids, Reverb Nation. Um, I've also gotten a, a lot out of uh, some, a couple of online courses. I haven't taken like all of their program. I've only kind of taken snippets of it, but I did actually get a lot from the Savvy Musicians Academy. Okay. Um, that is with Leah McHenry. Um, and that one is where I really kind of learned a lot about finding your niche, your niche market, your niche super fan. Um, and that is, was actually really helpful in terms of helping me with my music identity and then also my, my pitch, my elevator pitch and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, the new artist model was another one that I found really helpful uh, with just kind of like general strategies. Um, and then lastly, for me, I'm a member of ASCAP. So they've got a lot of great like networking opportunities and articles and da, 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 da. And of course, conferences and seminars. Mm-hmm. So like things like that, um, really just engaging with whatever resources are around you. So in my case, you know, in LA, like I said, I have the LA songwriters collective. I go to the sunset jam every Monday night at the Viper room, like just kind of engaging in the community around you. And then like we also talked about with like Facebook groups, like music business besties and, um, women in music and swim and stuff like that. So that's kind of more of a general scope of resources, but yeah. I mean, you can start there and then kind of 
Yeah, no, I mean, and find, you know, find what resonates with you, right? Like, yeah, you know, some some things, I mean, I listen to all of those podcasts too, um, they resonate with me, but you know, maybe somebody else resonates more with a different style or absolutely. uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, so where can my audience find and connect with you, find the band, find out when you're playing shows? Yes. So, um, I am, uh, Julianne Q and the Howl, like a wolf howl, H-O-W-L. Um, Julianne Q and the Howl is my Instagram handle. It's my Facebook. It's my Twitter. Uh, my YouTube is Julianne Q music website, julianneqmusic.com. Uh, please check me out. Please feel free to, uh, reach out about collabs, about advice, anything like that, that you liked me saying, or that you were like, Hey, actually you might like this podcast. Cause great. Then it's more podcasts that Chrissy and I can share together. Cause apparently we have yeah. the same podcast yeah. library. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Christy. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is great. And, uh, we'll, can't wait to share it. Yeah. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.